This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. For the month of August, Hey Bartender Podcast Facebook page would like to honor one of the biggest comedic icons ever, Robin Williams, by setting up a fundraiser to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Suicide is very quiet and scary because someone might be having a terrible issue and no one can see or know there's a problem. With your donation, we can make sure that there's someone out there they can go to talk to about their problems. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK has 133 crisis centers nationwide available for you or someone you care about. No matter if you only donate a dollar, every little bit helps so that people we care about can get the help they need. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be contacted at 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the night, the dude. That's what you call me. When you decide you want a drink, you can either say, hey, bartender, or hey, dude. I'll know what you're talking about. So, sit down, relax, enjoy yourselves. How is everybody doing tonight? Hope you're all thinking about at least heading over to heybartenderpodcast.com. Check out all the stuff we got on that website, including my blog and some merchandise. And links to all of the rest of the podcasts that Hey Bartender has put out in the last year. Wow, it's almost been a year. That's that's a big thing for me because usually I move on to something else. I mean, I'm just... It's not that I get bored doing stuff. It's just, you know, attention problems. You know, who doesn't have that nowadays? Oh, wait, what? I'm starting to ramble a little bit too early. We got to talk about the drink special for tonight. The drink special tonight I got from somebody that suggested it on Facebook recently because I put a post up there that says, what drink gets you in trouble every time? And the most, oh, I'd have to say uh, original answer that I've gotten from that because usually it's just everybody saying tequila or various forms of. But this girl posted on there that a cocktail called the Bomb Pop Gets her in trouble. So, I was like, how do you make that? And she told me to look it up. Which, you know, brought me back to my days of, you know, asking my dad a question. And he says, look it up. But I digress. How you make the bomb pop cocktail is you need one ounce of grenadine, one ounce of citron vodka, one quarter ounce of blue carousel with one ounce of water and ice. Now, how you do this? This is uh, this is the key to this thing. Because you Everybody knows what a bomb pop is, right? Red, white, and blue uh, popsicle that you got from the uh, uh, guy that drives around the neighborhood selling ice cream or you saw on the cover of that one porno. Uh, This is the red, white, and blue popsicle. So the key to making this drink is layering. It's all about presentation for this drink, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the directions. First, pour your grenadine into the glass. Second, crush ice and fill up your glass. Slowly pour the water over the ice. It's important to do it slowly so the colors don't bleed into each other too much. Separate glass. Mix together the citron vodka and blue carousel and slowly pour it into the glass. Then you just enjoy it. So it, I'll post a picture of it on uh, the heybartenderpodcast.com website so y'all can take a look at it and see what I meant. That it looks just like those bomb pop popsicles that you used to get from the ice cream dude and uh you know i mean some of us didn't get the bomb pop but it was all the same thing just like eddie murphy used to talk about you hear that music off in the distance ice cream you know just think about the ice cream man you know now that you're older you're not depending on the ice cream man anymore for fun and excitement during the summer days but you're looking for a nice cold drink Go try the bomb cop pot. Whoa, almost said something naughty there. Now, wait, this is a podcast. I can say whatever I want. Try the bomb pop cocktail and, you know, let us know what you think about it. I'd love to hear your guys' input. Does it taste good or is it just for looks? You know, just 
give me your overall review. I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to read it over the show. You know, ever since I was that last podcast that I did with the guys from Midwest Mike's podcast, I've just been kind of sitting around uh, doing my regular day job because I don't, I haven't bartended in a little while, and I actually have uh, a good, good career going right now. Well, it's all right, but uh, you know, I screw around at work all the time and I'm always constantly playing pranks on my coworkers saying goofy things and you know just mostly to keep myself entertained I really don't care if they laugh well sometimes I do and I just been trying to figure out how you know how I entertain myself being at work then I started thinking back to my bartending days you know what was I like this back then and then I started flashing on all these stories going hell yes i was like this i was constantly joking around with all my co- uh, co-workers and customers pulling pranks on them and you know there were times where i'm sure some of you will agree with me where you just have to entertain yourself when you're at work and especially in the bar the bar leaves open so many opportunities and I mean, once you've got all your side work done, you know, and you don't have, and you don't get off work for another two hours, you got all your side work done. You got all the salt and peppers filled. You got the tables cleaned and, you know, just a few people are just hanging out uh, and you don't have to serve them another drink for a little while. Cause they just got a new one. You, your mind starts to wander. Come on, admit it. It does, but come on, admit it. You're not just there to entertain your customers. You've got to entertain yourself. And that's where being a goofball worked for me. I mean, I my customers used to sit back and think that I was pretty straight-laced, really serious, quiet. But there were times where they would go home and then, you know, like two hours later, they think about something that I just said and go, wait a minute, he was taking a jab at me. And that I was pretty famous for that uh there were very few people that weren't close friends to me that knew when i was joking or whatever and it 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 was funny to me uh you know i could say any sarcastic remark and i mean if somebody came in and said so i went and got a colonoscopy today and then immediately i would always say did you did they find the stick and i mean i would say that mostly because why the hell would you bring up that you got a colonoscopy to your bartender, but you know, you got to joke around with your customers and jokes and sarcastic remarks were basically my wheelhouse. And I'm not talking about where I would, you know, say just one liners all the time. Although I did do one liners because there were a lot of people who just couldn't pay enough attention to, and they're expecting you to say something funny and they're like, come on, bartender, make me laugh. And I look at them and go, uh, but that's where listening to comedy albums came in, uh, for me because I listened to the greats. I mean, I'm talking George Carlin, Robin Williams, the blue collar comedy troupe. I mean, those guys helped me get through a lot of conversations and entertainment situations when it came to being the bar in the bar scene and I worked in the small bars. I mean, if I worked in like a restaurant or a nice restaurant, a hotel or a club, I wouldn't have to talk to the customers, but I worked in a small mom and pop owned bar. And so people would kind of expect me to be fun and uh, entertain them. True. I was a bit of an introvert, but I knew, yeah, I've got to entertain these people because that's what a bartender should do. We're there to serve and we're there to entertain. And bartenders are supposed to do that, although not many of us do. Uh, some of us just stand there and uh, have the ability to stand there and talk and just be your friend. And, you know, sit there and have a conversation with you. You know, how are the wife and kids doing? Uh, how is your job going? Hey, whatever happened to, you know, well... If we have the time and the patience, we will get into a full conversation with you. I mean, we're not fully standoffish or anything like that. Uh, but that's talking to the customers. Now, let's 
talk to the bartenders and servers out there. How did you guys entertain yourselves? I mean, the stand-up comedy stuff for me, I mean, I didn't write my own stuff. I never have the intention of ever becoming a groundling or anything like that. I just enjoyed telling other people's jokes all the time. And not just the one-liners. I used to do the entire tater salad story from beginning to end from Ron White. And people just ate it up. And I didn't understand why people would honestly ask me to do it every once in a while. Because, you know, that by... Well, I kind of brought that story into the bar and then told everybody, go rent Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And uh, go watch... Because Foxworthy, Ingvall, Larry the Cable Guy, and Ron White, they're just the shit. They are awesome. Uh, I was already a huge fan of Foxworthy and Bill Ingvall, but I'd never heard of Larry the Cable Guy or Ron White up until that point. And apparently nobody else did, because before that I did do a few you-might-be-a-redneck-if jokes or a few here's-your-sign jokes. Uh, But like I said, I'd stay away from the one-liners because... If I tell the good story jokes, that kept me that kept everybody entertained for a lot longer, and plus it was fun for me. It made me feel like that uh, I was really being an entertainer, you, you know, because not everybody, actually nobody uh, out there, does their own material all the time, and you know we everybody recites somebody else's stuff. So I had no absolutely no problem telling the tater salad story. I had absolutely no problem telling Robin Williams' view on drinking alcohol, marijuana, uh, cocaine, uh, telling his whole story from the his album Live at the Met. That was fun because apparently a lot of my uh, a lot of my customers related a lot to those stories. It was weird, but. And I'm trying to uh, play like my customer. I didn't know my customers were into drugs. I knew which ones were into drugs. I mean, hell, there was one guy that couldn't sit still for his life. And so he had to be on something. Another guy, he uh, honestly took out a dime bag of weed, put it on the bar. And I said, what the hell are you doing? Put that away. I, I can't be, my nobody can see you have that in here. I was worried about my bar getting shut down. You know, all of a sudden, a police officer comes in and says, why is there marijuana on your bar? We're taking your alcohol license. There goes my job. But, yeah, I used to listen to all the comedy greats and retell their stories all the time. And some people were really cool and just sat back and listened. And some of them knew a lot of the stories that I would tell because they were already fans of those comedic icons, uh, George Carlin. Uh, I didn't do any Richard Pryor. Um, I tell a few Eddie Murphy things every now and then. Uh, but, you know, Cheech and Chong, that was another really popular one. You know, Sister Mary Elephant. Class. But that was one of my favorite ways to entertain the customers and myself. That uh, was sit there and tell them jokes that I'd heard off of comedy albums. And to this day, I still laugh when I think of people's faces when I would talk about the seven dirty words you can't say on television. It was a bit by George Carlin. He talked about it forever. That was probably his most well-known bit of all time. And the seven dirty words you can't say on television, shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. I would tell people that all of the time and there would be a look of shock on their face. And when I just sit there and go shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And they're like, what the hell? And I said, what? You said fuck like 16 times in the last half hour. And he said, but I didn't use all the dirty words all at once. And I'm the crazy person. (laughs) But that was a way for uh, me to entertain the customers and myself at the same time. And so I started thinking about other ways, you know, it, we, it wasn't always about the customers. It was about me and my coworkers too, me and the other servers. And we used to all try to entertain each other too. Um, 
or I, w- I had a couple waitresses that I would talk to, mess with, joke with, just because uh, I, I loved it when they laughed. Uh, I was always respectful to them because they both had a husband or, or boyfriend. But uh, I would joke uh, joke with them personally. And, uh, you know, there, there was my favorite one where I was working with a girl. And she would often, when her customers were all happy, settled, they all had their food, they didn't need anything else, she'd come back behind the bar and uh, just stand there with me. And then uh, the customers sometimes would see us stand and talk, sitting together. Wow, I stumbled on that one really well. They'd see us standing together and they'd in, engage in conversation with both of us. Or we'd just talk to each other. And there was one time, well, I would you know pick on them just a little bit, you know, within reason. I mean, I wasn't, it, uh, I was always very respectful to my servers. Uh, uh, to And especially to the women and I would, but there was one time where I took a rubber band and I uh, put it on two, uh, two fingers on one hand, grabbed the bottom part of the rubber band and then held it over her arm, acting like I was going to snap it on her arm. She got this face like, Oh my God. And then she, no, and I, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do it. But for some reason I, it just entertained me. It, uh, it, you know, I didn't want to hurt her. I was, Actually, I don't think I ever had the intention of ever snapping that rubber band on her wrist, but it made me laugh anyway. So, you know, Jen, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, you you were awesome as a server, and you're probably one of the best servers I ever worked with. But we all joke around together, and uh, and but we'd also help each other out. It was uh. I had another server. Her uh, her name was Hattie, and once again, great girl, and she was a great server, and she was always very helpful for me. I tried to help her the much as, as much as I could. One because she was fun to work with. Two because she was pregnant, and so I uh, used to try to help her so she didn't overexert herself, and because uh, she was pretty far along, and. Uh, so every once in a while, I would ask permission. This, that's a big thing. Remember this, guys. Ask permission to give her a back rub because she's on her feet for 8 to 10 hours and uh, she's pregnant. What pregnant woman doesn't want that? Well, let me tell you that. Let me rephrase it. There are pregnant women out there that want a back rub, but only from certain people. Keep that in mind. If you feel the absolute need to give a pregnant woman a back rub that is not your wife or girlfriend, don't just give them a back rub. That's rude. That's creepy. And they hate that. But Hattie and I, she and I got along really well. And she was very pregnant at uh, this one day. And so uh, she was talking about how her shoulders were a little achy. And so I said, come here, uh, let me give you a back rub. And she said, yes, please. And so I started rubbing her shoulders and she's, uh, she was all digging it. And, uh, I have been around a handful of pregnant women by that time in my life. And I said, well, if you like that, I started rubbing her lower back in very respectful area. Let me tell you, I have to say that I was being incredibly respectful, respectful to her. I started rubbing her lower back and immediately her hands hit the bar and she was like, Oh my God. And I was, I was like, yeah, I kind of figured you probably needed this. And so I was rubbing her lower back and not realizing the way it looked to the customers on their perspective, a guy standing behind a girl who's bent over the bar, rubbing her back. (sighs) You know, it embarrassed me a little bit, and I was worried that she was going to be uh, mortified, but she didn't care. She seemed to really appreciate the fact that somebody that she trusted, I, I hope she trusted me, um, wanted to give her a back rub that she actually absolutely, 
she actually acted like she absolutely needed. Boy, that was a weird sentence to let out. But, you know, yeah, we take care of each other. That's the only way you can make it in the restaurant business. You got to take care of each other. And you can't, well, it happens. It happens in any job. You can't just narrow it down to the restaurant industry. People stab each other in the back. Yeah. People try to get other people's jobs. Yeah. But ultimately, you got to help each other out. And entertaining each other is oftentimes the only way to get through a night because we get hundreds of personalities that we have to serve in a night. Odds are we're not going to like all of them. I mean, it's just the way it is. There are some of those feel-goodery bullshit uh uh, seminars that you can go to where they say you can get along with anybody. Bullshit. There are people out there that there is no way in hell that they will let you get along with them or you're going to let uh, let them get along with you. That's just the way the world works. I mean, not all personalities can vibe easily. Or at all. Yeah, I mean... Pfft. Uh. I'm sure there were some people that were, no, I'm positive. There are people that I have met in my life that I just couldn't jive with. I couldn't be around them and it, it was just, you know, weird. We just hated each other, but he got along with a lot of the same people that I got along with. And so it now in my old age, I sit back and think, well, no, what the hell was wrong? And, was it, you know, did I, there were a couple times where I instigated a fight. Um, one I can think of in particular, but, um, you know, this guy got along with a lot of people that I got along with. Of course he had, uh, other friends also that I didn't talk to. And I had a few friends that he didn't talk to, but there was a mutual agreement over some people that they liked me and they liked the other guy, but we hated each other. It's just weird to think about. and But it's also me sitting there and accepting it. So, yeah, there are servers that I worked with, bartenders that I've worked with that I just flat out didn't get along with and didn't want there. It's just, please take that server off my night. They're just useless. But... They did great on other nights. And so, yeah, every once in a while I thought, well, maybe it's me. You know, maybe I'm the asshole. Well, yeah, I am the asshole. But, you know, they got to accept me. I got to accept them. That Once again, we've come to an impasse. So, other ways we used to, uh, my servers and I used to entertain ourselves or each other uh, during the nights. I would postulate questions just for fun. And this was mostly for uh, my uh, cooking staff or my servers that were more pop culture oriented. And I've even done it on the Hey Bartender podcast uh, page once where I said, okay, there weren't uh, that many customers when I did this, maybe two or three, just because it was a slow, slow night or that area in between dinner and the late night crowd. I'd walk up to my servers and my uh, cooking staff. And I'd say, okay, people, let's see. How many movies can we change from normal movie titles to pornographic movie titles? And we'd spend, oh, maybe a half hour tops, uh, you know, Goodwill Humping or uh, Foreskin Gump or, you know, we'd just name off as many uh, movies as we can, but we had to turn it uh, into a porno movie title. That was just us having fun and it killed time. I, when there's no customers around, uh, you tend to want to do something to kill time. Cause there's only so much side work you can do, especially when you're expecting a late night rush. I mean, sure. You got the beer stocked. Sure. You got your silverware done. The tables are wiped down. But do you want to finish all of your side work because it's 9.30, there is still a chance that there's people going to come in to, for dinner before 11. Yeah, that's kind of a 
if he thinks. So you kind of leave one or two things out there just so just in case there's customers that come in so you don't have to bring everything back out give them because uh, because you took all the ketchup and mustards off the tables you uh took the oh i don't know if you have tablecloths you took all those off you know you you leave a little bit of leeway just to make sure that the uh the final customer of the night before 11 o'clock when they come in they can be taken care of properly like every customer before and so it's like I said, there's only so much you can do because you're waiting. So entertain yourself. What other things did I, you know, I started learning how to pickpocket, uh, but in a fun, fun way, I never kept any, anything I stole, but it was always fun to do a reveal of, Hey, I took this from you. And it's like good friend of mine, really good friend of mine, uh, who used to come into my bar. I, managed to walk by him and he had a miniature mag light uh, on his belt and I managed to get it off his belt and walk away without him knowing and I never would have sat back and thought about taking it but it was in his pocket and it was on so it was shining uh, it was shining there so it caught my attention so I thought I'm gonna steal it I walked over and said, hey, Jeff, how you doing? And I took the uh, light bulb off or the flashlight off him and uh, kept walking, went and got his beer. And when I came back, I handed him his beer. And then I said, oh, by the way, this is yours. And he goes, what? Did I drop it? And I said, no, I snuck it off you in, uh, a few seconds ago. And he said, wow, I didn't even notice. That's awesome. And it didn't start a whole time of me being a thief. It was just me messing with people's heads. And I love to do that. Um, Not in a bad way either. It's always in a uh, joyful way because there is a line there because you don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want anybody to get pissed off. You just want to make sure it's fun. Now, uh, messing with other customers, uh, I think the worst I ever did to a customer was move their car uh, a couple nights in a row. Yeah, uh, just because they were the type of customer that would, as soon as they sit down at the bar, they throw everything that's in their pockets up on the bar, their wallet, their keys, their cell phone. And unfortunately, I'm one of those people that if you put it within hand's reach, I'm going to play with it. And But you know, respectfully, once again, respectfully, I didn't play with their wallets all that much because I didn't want them to think I was stealing their money. And I didn't play with their cell phones because when I was a bartender, the Nokia 5100 series was out and there was really nothing to do other than uh, play that snake game. But I I digress. One night, uh, I was just doing nothing. Everybody had was served, tabs were updated, and so... I wasn't really doing anything. Everybody was talking to each other. Nobody was talking to me. And somehow I managed to sneak one guy's keys off the bar and stuck them in my pocket. I thought, oh, I'll just make him think he lost his keys for a few minutes. And I thought, you know, I think I'm good enough friends with this guy where the line may not be drawn that uh, maybe drawn a little bit farther than others. What can I do to him? I'm going to move his truck. So I went outside and moved his truck three spaces over. And uh, so when he went out, I saw him stop. You know, I kept uh, kept an eye on him out the window. He walked out the door, stopped, and then looked around and saw his truck was in a different spot. But he just brushed it off and thought, I must, I must be, uh, he, he just brushed it off. You know, oh, I guess I must have parked it over there and forgot. And then the next night, uh, he parked it in a different spot and I managed to keep the, uh, get the keys off the bar again, went outside, moved his truck again. And this time he was like, what the hell? I swear I parked over here. Why is my truck all the way over there? And the final night that I did it, uh, I think I just got cocky at that point. Uh, the final night that I did it, I got the keys off the bar 
stuck him up in my pocket and walked outside. Unfortunately, as I was moving his truck, uh, he had to take a pee, had to walk by a window to get to the bathroom and saw, saw his truck lights turn on. Uh, or turn on in a different parking space from where he left it. And he immediately ran outside. Luckily, he recognized me and realized what was going on. Otherwise, he probably would have turned me into hamburger, thinking that his truck was being stolen. But once I got out of the truck, giggling to myself until I saw him, then I think, oh, I'm dead. He all of a sudden, God damn it, you're the one that's moving my truck all the time. I knew I parked over there the other day. And how many days have you done this? And I said, three. And he goes, that long? And I I was just like, sorry, I won't ever do it again. And he goes, actually, that was really funny. I'm going to pull that on somebody else pretty soon. Uh, and, you know, we were, we were still friends up until the last time I saw him. I don't have any idea where he's at anymore, but uh, he was a good guy. But I can't give away all my pranks right now because there are people out there that I've pulled pranks on that still to this day, have no idea who or what did something to him. And it's just me giggling off in the corner. <laughs> uh, anyway, other way, another way that I often enjoyed, uh, well, no, it didn't happen very often, but when it did happen, it was a lot of fun. My servers and I on uh, Dead Slow Nights, uh, we'd take over the jukebox. And uh, we'd just all of a sudden end up singing along with some of the music that would come up there. And it was fairly diverse because back in those days, there were CD jukeboxes and they had only a singular selection of stuff in there it's not like the day where you have the mp3 players the giant mp3 players in the restaurant where you can play darn near everything uh that's licensed to be played on those jukebox but you know like there was one night where we really got into it and i think we yeah pretty sure uh we were listening to a lot of garth brooks that night now me i'm not that big of a country music fan but i do like garth brooks uh, he's a good, uh, great performer, actually very great performer. And he's got a good singing voice and he does a lot of great stuff. Uh, the music that gets written for him is really well written. The lyrics are fantastic. The musicianship is good. And so they were playing, uh, a lot of Garth Brooks on there. And all of a sudden me and my servers we all just started singing along. I'm not just saying mouthing along or humming along, full on belting it out, singing. And I mean, it was the Rope in the Wind album, and we were singing like Against the Grain and Rodeo. And yeah, we were just belting out these songs. And what surprised me fully about this moment was. Another one of the servers for that restaurant, uh, another good friend of mine, she came in and she hated country music with a passion. She hated everything to do about it. She hated everything country. And just one of those people. I mean, I ah, hates country music. And, you know, hate cowboy hats, hate shit kicker boots, you know, just everything country. There, anything she could think of about country, she hated yet she was still singing along with us just because it was fun. And she knew the lyrics to those songs because those songs got played quite a bit in the bar and just because of the limited uh, availability of what, what was in that jukebox. And that often became my uh, realization that the jukebox is often really a excellent saving grace to make sure that people don't absolutely lose their mind. And, I mean, have you ever been in a bar? Now, I'm talking an honest-to-God bar, not like a hotel restaurant. I'm talking a bar where music was not playing. I mean, maybe it was playing, but slightly quietly in the background, but every once in a while you hear one note from one song that you know 
incredibly well. And it just all of a sudden makes you feel good. Music is an amazing thing that can make people feel sacred, make people feel profane. I mean, uh, Billy Joel said it best. All those people back in the day that used to say rock and roll is going to corrupt everybody, they were right. And But it does, any kind of music out there does cause a change in your head. I mean, there. I bet there's not one of you out there who's listening to this show where they sit back and think, uh, you know, they have that, that one song, that one song that they can listen to anytime, any day, anywhere, and automatically feel better about everything. And my personal song, I mean, it kind of throws uh, some people off a little bit, but mostly because I'm a huge Metallica fan, Billy Joel, uh, Garth Brooks, the Beatles, the who they, I, I've been asked before, what is your go-to song? What is your most favorite song in the world? And I always answer the same thing. Sing, sing, sing with a little swing by Benny Goodman and his orchestra. And they're like, really? It's not a hard day's night. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, enter Sandman. Go to extremes. We didn't start the fire. New York State of Mind. I'm like, nope. It's sing, sing, sing with a little swing. I love that song. That song will put me in a great mood no matter what if I want it to. And all I have to do is just hear just those drums where it comes in. And automatically, I'm transported to a much better mindset. And... You know, I would love, I'm going to put put a post on the Facebook page because uh, I'm really curious about this. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're near a way to email me, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. What is the song that you listen to that automatically makes you feel better no matter what? And how often do you get to listen to it in a bar? I would love to know that kind of information. Music is a huge passion of mine. And it uh, I thought for a long time that it only happened at my bar just because I felt that my, people that I worked with in my bar were a special bunch. But that actually was very, very, very close-minded of me and very arrogant of me to think that, oh, only my bar has the cool people in it. I remember going into a corporate bar one time. The place was absolutely dead due to the time of day. It was after the lunch rush, before the dinner rush, where there was absolutely nobody there in a small town. And who's that? I can't remember. Wicked? No, not Wicked Games. Uh, but that song Chris Isaac did for uh, uh, they did a bad, bad thing. Whatever that song is, you'd think I'd take the time to look that up on the internet right now. In fact, I'm going to. Stand by. We'll be right back. Chris Isaac's Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing. That's the name of the song. Uh, that uh, I remember being at that corporate restaurant, and we were talking, me and my fellow bartender, my good friend, she and I were talking to another uh, another good friend that worked there, and they all carried radios, uh, walkie-talkies, to talk to each other, I guess, for you know emergencies or uh, a cheese stick emergency or something like that. I don't know. And... Uh, all of a sudden, over the radio, I hear one girl who's on the other side of the restaurant going, Baby did a bad, bad thing. Baby did. And I realized that that was being played over their music speakers in the restaurant. And she just decided to start singing it over the radio. I thought that was incredibly awesome. And, you know, so and it also opened my mind because at that time I was fairly closed minded that, you know, Nothing interesting happens in this world unless I'm involved. Yeah, I was that big of a dick back then. Still am. I'm just a lot more aware of it. 
Anyway, time for a quick commercial break. Uh, head on over to HeyBartenderPodcast.com and pick up some Hey Bartender Podcast swag and some other bar-related stuff. Uh, check out my blog. Check out the drink recipe that I always forget to update. Sorry about that, people. But I do plan on getting uh, more updated content on there. Uh, just, I need to remember to do it. Anyway, enough excuses. Visit HeyBartenderPodcast.com today. Anyway, on with the show. This week's musical guest, we have from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, we have Stonekind with Davis Templeton on guitars, Jeff Ayers Jr. on drums and vocals, and Jacob Shelton on bass. Here is Stonekind with their single, Talk to Fire.
From the EP Stonekind, that was Stonekind with their single Talk to Fire. If you want to find more songs and more music by, well, songs and music is the same thing. If you want to find more stuff by Stonekind, head on over to Bandcamp.com and search them out. Over on Bandcamp.com, you look up Stonekind, you can find links to their Facebook page, their Instagram, all that stuff. And I've talked to them a little bit through email. They're really cool guys. Go check them out. Anyway, you know, another way that I used to kill time uh, and entertain myself and the uh, customers and my other servers um, is just generally being a nice guy. I mean, that sometimes was novelty for me because I... Well, my sarcastic uh, moments kind of come off pretty badly uh, to certain people. Let's. Um, well, I'm gonna admit uh, admit this. This podcast was actually gonna be something completely different because I ran into a video recently where this girl, this waitress, was uh, doing her job. I can only guess uh, where she was dressed. Uh. Yeah, she was dressed, and all of a sudden, this uh, guy decides to walk by and uh, grab her butt, and then she grabbed the back of his shirt and threw him on the ground like he was a sack of potatoes and chewed his ass out. I saw that, and I wouldn't, I thought to myself, I would never, ever allow that to happen in my bar. But it didn't look like that that girl had any problem with it. She looked like she had a good a really good handle on it because she took him down like he was nothing. But, uh, you know, just generally being nice, walking, uh, walking around. And I don't mean 37 pieces of flair, uh, type of nice, like from office space. That guy was fucking annoying, but you know, just, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, be myself and not overly cartoonish. Because uh, if I was that nice, I think I would sprain something. But anyway, if any of you servers or bartenders that are listening to this podcast have any new, interesting ways that you guys use to entertain yourselves or the customers, maybe a little prank word going on between all of you guys, or anything, just cool story that you want to tell me, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Maybe we can even talk about trying to get you on the show for an interview. I would love that. So, if you have a good story, good joke, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. With that being said, it is now last call. Last call for alcohol, everybody. First of all, I'd like to thank Siobhan Caldwell, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, for telling me about the drink uh, Bomb Pop and telling me to look it up to figure out how it's made. That's... Just, uh, I'm not uh, uh, getting mad at her for that. She honestly didn't know, uh, but all she knew was it had to be a perfectly layered drink. So, and it sounded interesting. Yeah, I had to use it. So, uh, thank, thank you, Sh- Siobhan, Siobhan uh, Caldwell, for letting me know about the bomb pop. I'd like to also thank Stonekind for allowing me to use their single "Talk to Fire." You guys are awesome. Go check them out, people. Find them on Bandcamp and listen to them as much as possible. Anyway, uh, I guess that's the end of the show for tonight. Uh, Thank you for listening. And as usual, everybody, I'd like to close the show out with a quote from my hero, Billy Joel. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night.